Do you want to hear some straight talk? Are you a perfectionist done with trying to be perfect? Are you a procrastinator tired of not taking action? Do you want to just forge ahead, be unapologetically you, have an amazing life and business? Yeah, I thought so. So let's dive into this episode. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. My guest today is Natalie Toloff. Apart from having an awesome first name, she's also just an awesome lady. After more than a decade of business coaching and surviving a failed business venture or two, Natalie knows firsthand that success is all about mindset focus and consistency. With a coaching philosophy that's equal parts, kick butt and handhold, Nat guides go-getter businesswomen to take imperfect action and to build a business in a way that's right for them. She teaches you how to adopt a success mindset and bust through procrastination and perfectionism to become the star of your own show. In this particular episode, Man, we riffed on a lot. We talked about Nat's business failures, her time as a professional chef, how she had to let go of perfectionism. Before we dived into talking about taking imperfect action, how do you actually do that? Mindset over all these strategies and really, really getting real with yourself and pulling out your own BS detector, which is, by the way, one of Nat's superpowers. So without further ado, let's dive into this episode. P.S. There is some cursing and fine, fun colloquial language. I hope you enjoy it. Natalie Toloff, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. It's so great to have you here. Hey, Nat. It's the two Nats in the house today. I'm excited. <laughs> that was my best news presenter voice because we were just talking about how you're looking a bit like a very on-camera news presenter today, which is awesome. And to start off, I'd really, really love for people to know how you have tapped into your potential and how you get paid to be you right now. Oh, just start with the juicy question, Nat. <laughs> just go straight in there. Just straight in there. <laughs> It's, do you know, like I'm mid-40s now. I actually like, think I've lost count. I think I'm 44. I'm a really late maturer. And so for me, all of this has happened when I got over myself and just was like, you know, flick the F switch and just get on with life and go, I know enough. I am enough. Everyone else has a bloody opinion. And you know what? Mine counts. And that honestly is what it is. So I was like, I'm just going to back myself, team. I'm going in. So that's how <laughs> for me and how long ago was that that you feel you started backing yourself versus the rest of your life where maybe you weren't operating at that full yeah. level of owning it I had a taste of it a taste of it when I had my first child when people tried to tell you what to do when mothering you know there are aspects to being a mother that do come naturally and you use your intuition and I started to taste that I could have my own voice and say, yes or no, I disagree with having my first daughter. And from there, you know, my husband and I, we had just bought our first house. We had just got married. 
We needed two incomes because the mortgage was one and a half times our income. Mm. We literally got pregnant straight off the bat. Very grateful for that. But what do you do when you didn't plan that? So I've learned those things. You've got to just go on the fly. You've got to trust your intuition. You get to call the shots and do what it takes. So that's, you know, probably now about 10 years ago, I started to get a taste of that. And but what the clincher was for me, Nat, was when I, because I've always run other people's businesses. So when I had to run my own, man, it's very different. <laughs> it is. I'd love to just dive back into what were the businesses that you ran yeah. before you started your own? Yeah. Okay. So they're my two failed businesses that I'm really excited about because. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Because <laughs> I don't have qualifications. I'm a qualified chef. I don't have business qualifications. But man, do I have... Who does? Exactly. Who really does? Until yeah. you run a business, that's your qualification. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so my street cred comes from doing a lot of things wrong and learning from it. So the first business I had was a bricks and mortar restaurant cafe when I came back from being overseas for six years. So I was quite a cocky 20-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> what was the cafe called? It was called Kaizen Cafe. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... We were big ideas people. We didn't pay, instead of paying GST, we bought new chairs. We did some dumb stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, like didn't have enough for rent, so I wouldn't take money. And just, yeah, learned some big financial lessons and due diligence. And when we sold, I didn't know there was a silent partner, so I came up with nothing. But that's on me. No, that is on me. And so, you know, I'm big enough to say that now, not blame someone else. And so my second business was going online for the first time with a hospitality toolbox idea and just not willing to put the time in because you know what? It didn't happen in six weeks like the social media highlight reel. So I'm just going (laughs) to give up. (laughs) Thanks for being so honest about that. (laughs) You obviously gave yourself more than six weeks, but was that about the time where you feel you maybe started checking out or not being all in? Yeah, and it was my should business. Like I've been in hospitality for a lot of my life, so it was the most obvious should thing to do. But my passion wasn't in it. And, you know, it's that determination and really loving something that gets you out of bed some of those days. And I just had lost it. And so it actually, that should business, like it's that business journey we all go on, isn't it? It actually fueled the next part of me giving it a go again, which was helping, it was called Catapult Your Career. And it was helping women go back into the workplace because I had been helping graduates go back into the workplace. So that was a beautiful segue into, I'm going to give this a go again. And flogging something again that wasn't viable. <laughs> oh, the lessons. <laughs> Which bit wasn't viable, the career one or? Yeah, the catapult your career one. It was going to be my time heavy, tapping into mums at home who are already on one income. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really what did they, they, the viability or or the long term, I'd have to just be constantly in front of new people all the time, selling a one-off thing. And it was a hard market to crack because you've got human resources and, you know, recruitment agencies. And so for me, it just wasn't working. And it was a business coach who was like, hey, look, let's really sit down and look at what it looks like. And we both agreed to really dive into what I really wanted to do. And 
I was being shoulder tapped by women in business to help them in their businesses. But of course, old imposter syndrome was like, well, who the hell are you? Mm. You've had failures. How can you help someone succeed? And so then I started to work on my mindset to go, well, actually, isn't that valuable? When you can say to someone, I really know how you feel. So that's how I segued over to where I am today. So what you did today. Awesome. And I'd love to dive into that, but I also am just super thrilled that to hear that dog yapping in the background because for once it's not mine and you know like I've had so many podcasts interrupted my dog oh hey there it's not it's super cute but that's a very persistent dog but it's just I think think he's gone now yeah I just love that all the background noises and podcasts that make it more real so you basically decided in that moment that okay I've had all these fantastic I'm going to call them lessons that you've learned through these businesses I already love the concept of the should business because I'd love to know how many people are listening. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in a should business right now. Like I took all this experience and I figured this is the logical next step because it's where I have the experience, not necessarily the thing that you really wanted to do. But as you pointed out, and I think this happens so often, you get into that should business or the business maybe that's not the perfect one for you. And from that springs your next big, awesome idea and business that you love. So I do feel it's like, as you said, the highlight reel takes years sometimes, <laughs> but you will end up where you need to go so long as you're just completely honest with yourself and you're doing the work and you're understanding and listening to your gut and your intuition and the things that light you up. I just think if you are ignoring all those things and you're too much in your thinking head, which is something I've been learning a lot about lately, and you come back into your feeling self, all the answers are there, right? It's just so fascinating. It's when we let our head do the talking. I 100% agree and the whole thing is is I don't think people talk about enough about the journey that we all go on like we haven't just ended up here because we haven't gone on this whole journey or lessons mm-hmm. and I, the people you know like when I talk to my clients they're like oh but I was meant to be doing this this business idea and I'm like yeah but we will that's what you're meant where you are at is normal you're meant to be coming on this path of you know it might be the fourth iteration of something that is the one you know, it's not the first one off the cab that usually, in my experience and what I see, takes off because you've got to go on the business journey. You do, don't you? And I think if somebody was just to pull you from where you are now straight to that end result, you just wouldn't learn the lessons. And the lessons are the most valuable thing along the way. I'm involved in a course right now and the same thing. She's like, I can't just tell you the answers at the beginning <laughs> because you would disagree with them. You would rebel against them. You would reason against it. You know, she's like, you would do everything in your power not to believe that's true. That's why we have to go on this process and journey. And I think it's much the same in business, right? You have to go through the failures. You have to have the shitty launches. You have to have those terrible clients. You have to have the technical meltdown. You have to have the contract you forgot to read, hint, hint, Natalie. And those are the moments that lead you to all the great experience that you can then pass on to others and the success that you ultimately want. You can't just have this dream run. Well, you could, but I still feel when you see people with that they sometimes sabotage themselves because it's come so easy they didn't learn anything along the way and then they have to relearn on their next business yeah that's so good to hear from you too because sometimes you think you know i'm yet to meet someone who has had that straight out of the run go like you said Mm -hmm. and if they have that mindset stuff and blocks they didn't know they had to deal with and like you said sabotage it yeah 
Yeah, you see it quite a lot, I think, with, you know, people who get to fame early or massive success and, you know, they're reeling from it and they haven't even had time to develop as the person to be the person who's now running that mega successful company yeah. because some of it was luck and some of it was just amazing timing. And then, yeah, they have to almost reverse engineer and go back through that. So I digress because what I'd love to know is what <laughs> you started diving into from a mindset perspective to get yourself to a place of full belief and ownership that you were perfectly in the right place to be able to advise and coach these awesome women what was the sort of path that you ended up taking because I love hearing the different ways in which people get to where they need to be I, I remember going to this amazing conference or you know one day workshop and, and hearing a coach up on stage talking and she was amazing by the way there's no detriment to any of the people I talk about but I was sitting there going holy beep the difference between her and i right now is she's up there and i'm not mm -hmm. it's the sheer doing go and do it that's the difference you know what she was talking about i knew but it was just her delivering her intonation and i'm like i have a style i could teach what she's teaching because i know it and i know you know how it works not just in theory what would it take for me to get there as well mm -hmm. belief in action and i was like you know what I'm going in because if she can, <laughs> I can, what's the fundamentally the difference? I was like, there isn't one. Yeah, 100%. I love that actually. And it's so funny, Nat, because I'm in a mastermind right now where we, there's one lady teaching it and it's great, but it's kind of not at a level that I would love it to be at, but I'm in it for the connections and the networking. And there's some really good lessons that come out of it. And then we have our own mini masterminds within that. And every single time I get put into this mini mastermind, I'm like more advanced than them. Oh, every single time. But in this case, I am. And one of the ladies on the mastermind was like, Nat, I just have to ask an honest question. Why are you in this? Because I feel like you could be teaching the exact same stuff that this person is because you already know so much of this. And I was like, well, that's really lovely to hear. But sometimes you need to, I don't know, it's just, it was such an amusing moment where I was like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, but I didn't want to voice it. So I didn't come across as that type of person. Yeah, yeah. But I love that you said there you were and the only difference between you and that lady was she was on the stage and you weren't. And had somebody shoulder tapped at you and said, hey, can you just go up and join her right now? You would have made that happen. You would have been ready for it, right? Exactly. And I think that's the thing is just believing in yourself and going, you know, for me, my limiting belief has always been and still is because, you know, for me, you just get more aware of what they are. You don't actually ever leave you. Is that I'm not good enough, that I still need to know more and learn more. It's just imposter syndrome, isn't it? And so mm -hmm. for me, it was just recognizing that and just, you know, that's why imperfect action is just has started by accident. I just talked about just do it. It's not perfect. Because from being a chef, perfection was driven into mm -hmm. me. Because every night you had to replicate, and I worked in some amazing places in Europe, you had to replicate the same thing every night. And that doesn't take imperfect action. That takes perfection and precision. And so for me, I had to drop that in business because business doesn't unfold through a checklist, unfortunately. It helps, but it comes from letting things go and just being human. Like you just were with the dog barking, right? It's letting those things go. Yeah. I love that. Let's talk about more about imperfect action mm -hmm. and how particularly the perfectionists who are listening mm -hmm. or the procrastinators, which often are one and the same because if you're yes. in that perfection cycle, you're often procrastinating on just doing it. How do they start to let go? It's not, not in their nature or it's been driven into them. Mm -hmm. How did you start to let go and just start turning up as good enough and taking those imperfect action steps? 
I actually started because I've got what we call a masculine energy, which just means like, give me the facts. I love facts, right? So I actually started to look at factual information for myself. So an example is on my website, color's not quite right. Someone's still bought from me. Right. So I started to realize (laughs) that it wasn't about those small things that I could see. Like other people literally could not see the issues that I could see. And if I continued down the path of everything not being ready yet, and then I was just going to be in my own way. And the biggest thing, though, Nat, for me is that we've always needed two incomes in my household. So I needed to make my business work financially very quickly. Um, I was able to pull savings to give myself a little bit of space because we don't want to build from lack. But for me, I was like, those things cannot matter. And from being a hospitality background, I knew how to sell without bells and whistles. You know, if you're fundamentally, your solution is good and what you're doing is great, you don't need a website or a funnel to sell that. Go face-to-face, network, get it out there. So for me, that's what I did. I stripped away my bells and whistles because they were stopping me. And I just went back to Business 101 and just started to like, you know, Would you like a muffin with that? Would you like to upsize your coffee? Like I just went back to basics Mm -hmm. and it strips the perfectionist away because you're left with very core things. And if the core's not right, the bells and whistles aren't going to make it any fancier. Yeah. I love that. I remember in my suitcase entrepreneur book way back when I was talking about the fact that, you know, if you wanted to start a business tomorrow, my friend Matthew Kimberley said, buy a phone or get a landline and get on a call to somebody like it's have a bank account get on a call have the conversation and obviously you need to know more about making the clothes (laughs) and selling but at the fundamental bit of it I was like yeah you're right if you strip it right back you don't even need the website you don't need all the fancy color coding you just actually need to know what the pain point is of your potential customer and then you can speak to them about how you're going to solve that or what you're going to offer them to get them past that hump and so many people overcomplicate it so I love that idea of just the imperfect action, stripping it right back to the basics and doing one thing at a time. Do you feel that we sometimes hide away behind all the other things? I mean, I know for perfectionists, they do. Until my website is perfect, I won't do X. But do you think people hide behind anything else in particular, especially the clients that you've seen? Is there something that they do to put these barriers in their way almost? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. I think the biggest blind spot to a perfectionist is that things can't come easy. So... Mm. If you're really good at what you do, you will overcompensate and overdeliver. And all of a sudden, you're hidden behind busyness. But it's actually like, what if it was just easy, mate? And you just, you just <laughs> delivered it. And even if it took you 15 minutes and you build an hour, for example, that's okay. You're the expert. So for me, they hide behind yeah, overgiving value. And with a perfectionist, I find, you know, this is myself included, we overwhelm people because there's so much we want to tell them that all of a sudden they're overwhelmed and they don't get the results and then we beat ourselves up because we're not good enough and the cycle starts again. Ooh, that's juicy. Yes, I like that and I can totally hold my hand up that I attempt to now do there's a leaf. Now there's a leaf blowing that. Like none of this happens <laughs> usually. Yeah, I really want to come back to that because as yeah. somebody who does the same, so I have a lot of mastery in areas and then I want to over-deliver and share everything with people. And often forgetting, I don't do this as much anymore, but I still have to catch myself. Meet them where they're at. Meet your clients, meet your customers, meet your students where they're at. 
and speak their language at their level and bring them along on the journey with you. Because I think when you're trying to over deliver and you're throwing everything in there, as you said, it can make it more confusing, more complex, more advanced than you were intending. And you're just coming at it from a very caring place. But for them, they're suddenly stopped in their tracks because you've given them 15 strategies instead of one. I really want people to hear that out on this podcast. If you're guilty of doing that, know that you can simplify it and make it easy. I love that. How do I make it easy? Why aren't I making this more easy? My new mantra is ease and grace and flow. I've talked about it a lot. And every single time I say it, it just makes me relax. And it has literally been changing and transforming my business, the way I deal with my team, the way I show up every morning. I'm just like ease and grace and flow. It's really lovely. It's probably because I'm doing yoga every single day, but it really makes a difference, right? And suddenly it stops you from focusing on all the other things and just how do I make this easy? And I love your point about if somebody can do something in 15 minutes but build for an hour, they shouldn't feel guilty about that. That's the years of mastery that they've built up, the experience and the skills. That is why the person is paying them for that. Do you see that showing up in other areas? Like let's talk about some of the other things that are really common that you're seeing and how you help people overcome that or just become more aware of it. Yeah, so I deliberately in my marketing want to work with and attract high achievers, which is a very fancy name for perfectionists. So <laughs> it's a nice name because there's a lot of greatness in perfection, right? Because perfection mm-hmm. brings greatness. Yeah. So I deliberately want to help those women because what they don't know about themselves, apart from that blind spot as well, is they need external validation all the time. And that's okay. But if you don't know you need that, and your post doesn't get engagement, what you do next is the breakdown of your business. As you go, I'm still not enough yet. It wasn't good enough. So if you know you need external validation, like go and get the facts. Go and factually check it first, please. Don't just go, you emotionally feel this and break the business. So I think it's a really important point to bring up is that a lot of people don't realize the external validation they need is actually a problem in their business. Mm, I love that. And so much of that will come back actually to right back in your childhood, whether with things that you potentially didn't get and maybe not a topic for today, but I do find that really fascinating is what was it that you didn't get back then that you're now showing up and wanting now. Yeah. And the, the one person that you have to believe in is yourself. And I know belief is a big core part of what you teach, but mm. if you have that self-belief, right, I'm sure you must see it in yourself and others that You don't need that external validation. Sure, it's nice. Feedback is good. Numbers are good. Validation of what's happening and the results you're getting, great. But relying on people to tell you that you've done a good job in order to feel like you've done a good job is completely different to going, I did a great job. Oh, and it's really nice that they're acknowledging that. Don't need it, but really lovely. Exactly. It's good to come from you first. Yeah. I was suddenly going, did I even answer your question? (laughs) I think, well, let's repeat. I think you did. I mean... Yeah, but I would love to then riff on this next part around that belief. How do people start going about having more self-belief? I could percent riff this with you, but I'd love to know your thoughts around how do you start making those little consistent actions to start believing that I've got this and this isn't the imposter syndrome and yeah. to not go and break the business. <laughs> I think, you know, because fundamentally what I do teach at the end is, is to help women in business sell with confidence. So you to sell, you need to have confidence in what you do and who you are. So a great way that I've done this myself and I still do it is I love future writing. Like who do I need to be now to make what I need happen? 
And often who we are right now, if we're not feeling confident about something, isn't the person that we need to be. So future visualization or future writing means that you are, you know, manifesting or in your head, visualizing what you want the month of um, September to look like at the end of it and what results you want. Well, who do you have to be to get there? And so you're going to see that you're going to need a level of belief to go and take those actions because otherwise not magically going to fall out of the sky. It's not. It's not. Don't you have a magic wand either, Nat? Like, oh, man. No, I have a princess crown, but um, that doesn't seem to do the (laughs) trick. Yeah. (laughs) So I, I think it's just deciding, making a decision that you are enough, you can do this. And I talk to my clients a lot about tolerance. What are you going to stop tolerating with your thoughts and beliefs of yourself? Because once you know better, then you better how to choose the right next thought because it's your belief that's in the way if it's wrong. So, Mm. you know, I love Bob Proctor. He talks to us the law of polarity. If you know what sadness is, it means you've experienced happiness. So if you're experiencing, I don't know what I'm doing, I don't feel good, I'm not confident, well, unfortunately, you've experienced the opposite to know the other. Mm -hmm. So you get to tap into what you have experienced. So then it becomes a choice. And that's annoying because then you're like, damn it. (laughs) Doesn't mean you can't have a bad day. It just means don't stay there as long. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Now, you, lovely, recently wrote a book, your first book, yes, Allergic to Perfect. It's an awesome, awesome name, How to Ditch Your Doubt and Take Imperfect Action, which is what we're talking about here. What did you have to ditch in order to write this book? What came up for you when you were writing this book? Because I find as an author as well, the juiciest stuff comes up in the writing that is usually the work that you need to be doing most. Wow, so much came writing that. Just, yeah. you know, who are you to write a book? Doesn't everyone write a book? Isn't everyone bored of seeing all these people writing books? Is this just a thing that I should be doing? You know, there were some stages in the first draft and I was like, oh, this is so hard. Would then hide away from it. I had some amazing first feedback from someone who was like, you're a great blog writer, but dude, you got a lot of work to do to pull this book. And I'm like, stuff you. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the times when I was just like, this is just so hard. The biggest lesson for me, Nat, is that I still try to do a lot by myself. I don't need anyone else. I can do this. Well, you can't do it alone to write a book. (laughs) You need an editor. You need help. You certainly do. Yeah. So my editor was amazing. She pulled the book together. And as she keeps reminding me, she had amazing stuff to pull it together. It wasn't just her. It was the stuff she had to pull together. So Yeah, my biggest lesson of the book was not everyone writes a book and it is a big deal. And, you know, don't try to do everything alone, Matt, because it takes longer to get there. Beautiful. What's your favorite piece of feedback? Not that you need it for a validation, but what's your favorite (laughs) piece of feedback that you've been getting about the book? Because I I think, as again, when you're writing a book, for me, for sure, it's a cathartic journey sometimes. It's something that is immensely challenging and rewarding. All that aside, it's usually about what impact is this going to make and who's going to read it and take some definitive action. And yours is all about taking imperfect yeah. action. So what's been some of your favorite feedback so far? Some of the favorite feedback, actually, in particular, a lot of people have said, oh, my God, page 12, chapter one, what the hell, sucker punch. 
because I talk about my journey about the external validation and trying to fill a gap and burning out. And the way I explain it, they're like, holy, that's me right now. What the hell? Because no one talks about some of the stuff I like to talk about in the book. So for me, it's making everyone feel normal that there's nothing wrong with you. This is just the journey of being in business. So for mm. me, that's been amazing feedback is someone, I suppose, validating them and that they're not alone. Mm. So you got really raw and real and honest. You did the net. You did your net. Who you are. Just did the net. Yeah. And I think that's super important. I guess how much of yourself and stories have you put into this book versus being more the coach and stepping back to share? So the first draft had a lot of family stuff in it. And then when we went back and looked at what, you know, what the book was about, I was like, I actually don't need a lot of my personal, quite big and deep, like it wasn't my autobiography. Mm. And I started to bring some of that in and, and, you know, we've all had interesting families. And so I was like, they don't need to, maybe they're another book, but they don't need to come in here. So I share a lot, very openly, my business stories, which are, are personal, right? Mm -hmm. And I talk a lot about my husband and kids. So I'm pretty open in there, but I don't like, I don't tell you like when I was five, you know, Mm. I haven't made it those stories, but there's definitely the first part of the book is my journey, very open. And then the second part of the book is here's your roadmap. Go and give these things a go that I've done and other people have done and got results. So it's a relatable, really relatable book. Love it. Shoot. Asking these questions obviously is in the final stages of finishing my manuscript. I always just think it's really useful to know the journey that people have taken. Writing a book for you, what drove you to do it? Because I know people listening, I think it's like 95% of people want to write a book and 0.03% of people actually do. Even though there's still millions of books out there, it just shows you. What primarily drove you to write this book? So there's a little bit of a rebel in me. So if someone goes left, I'm like, no, I'm just going to go right first and see what happens. That's so annoying. Can't imagine that to you. I don't. can't imagine that. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm like, oh, actually, I probably should have gone left. <laughs> I had a, an incredible boss of mine who was wonderful for me on many levels. But there's one thing he said to me, because I used to work in education around hospitality and management. And he said to me, look, there's a lot of things you're really good at, but you're not very good at writing. Whenever you send emails to these particular people, you're going to have to pass it by me. Well, stuff you. Stuff you, mate. I wrote a book, <laughs> so put that in your pipe. So there was a fuel for me. <laughs> there's a fuel in me to go, oh, I really enjoy writing, but he said I'm not good at it. So when I came into my business that I've got now, I – and haven't enjoyed writing, enjoying my voice. Here's what I've got to say. Here's how colloquial I write. And people have loved it. So I'm like, there's so much blog fodder that I was like, let's see what a book could look like. Let's pull some mm-hmm. stuff together. Yeah, and I think it's, it's an accomplishment, isn't it? To go, I've written a book. Yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. And what blows my mind, though, is how cheap books are for the amount of effort and energy, you know, My partner, Josh, was saying to me, couldn't you just like live teach this in a coaching program and probably in tens of thousands of dollars, but instead you're going to sell this juicy goodness in a book that's like, you know, 10 to $20 kind of thing. But I think (laughs) I get it, but I think it's obviously that it's such a big stepping stone and a door opener and it's the the scale and impact of having that book land in somebody's hands and then, 
you know, weeks down the track, months or even years later that they come into your community, they come into your world and they work with you or they, you know, buy from you or they just share your news and spread the news. And that's something that a program can't always do. You know, like a book has just got this magic about it. And I think it's why people are so drawn to them because there's this beautiful magic about what a book can be and do and that it lives well beyond you. You know, if you think about some of the classics, I'd just some of the classics have been around for so long and they're still in existence and they still get shared. I mean, that is an amazing gift yeah, to leave with the world. Cool. So, but good on you for telling, you know, for using that as a fuel for fire and not letting it stop you, but also not getting hung up on it and taking that feedback that he gave you in that moment and going, yeah, yeah, you're right. I should probably not write. Because what a gift we would have missed out on. So I really love that. I talk about that in one of my chapters in the book as well. It's very important to use feedback to drive you in a positive way, not in a place of lack or scarcity or anger, but from a place of cool. I'm going to use that. Yeah, that's cool. And I think you're so right about when someone reads your book and when they're ready to come and work with you, the relationship is so much deeper. You can dive straight in really quickly because they know your work, they know your voice, they know how you roll, and they're ready. Like you feel like they feel like they know you already, and you know them because you've written the book for them. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. I love that. I love that. So, what would you say, based on what we've talked about, and I think hopefully it's cleared up for people, but what would you say is your superpower? The thing that, yeah, makes you specially you. I can hear what's holding you back and the irony and give you facts back to knock it out. Like I can hear it and people say things to me and I'm like, but this, you've got this factual information to knock it out. I can just see people's BS is probably the straight way to call it. You're the BS detector. I think the BS detector, but I'll do it in such a relatable way that you can't unsee it and you'll want to go do something about it. That's awesome. And I love that you back those skills and that you've got that through a lifetime of experience and calling yourself on your OBS, right? I think if you're aware enough to do it for yourself as well, that's even more powerful. There are some days where I just want to wallow too and go, damn it, and throw all my toys out. And I allow those things to happen, have those feelings, but I just don't let them, I just don't stay in that state for as long as I used to because I'm like, that's not growing a business. <laughs> that's not helping anyone. Yeah, and it's not growing you either. So it just Yeah. Good. I do have to ask before we finish up, because I know we could chat about a lot more, have you back <laughs> on the podcast and we'll make sure that people grab your book. For those listening and not watching the teaser video, you have an awesome painting behind you, which has a perfect blazoned across it and sort of pink graffiti writing and just this really cool bold painting. Did you do that or did you get a commission? No. So what, So I did it. So one of my clients awesome. is this incredible intuitive artist and she was trying to look for a, you know, a bigger package to offer her clients. And I'm like, you know, what do you love to do? She's like, I love to paint big. I'm like, so let's do it. Let's pile it in person, paint big. That canvas is huge. Like it probably comes up just down from my shoulder and I'm 173 oh. centimeters. So that's really big. Yeah. And there's 25 layers of life coaching in that painting. I love it. So each layer we had to do expressions. Mm. You had to let go. We had to swap paintings halfway through. I had to paint in someone else's. I had to paint on mine. Like, Imagine that, someone painting on your painting, you had to let all that judgment go. There's so much in that painting. And I finished it by taking it outside to all the horror of so many of the ladies because that's my rebel coming in, spray painting over the top of that imperfect and going, yeah, now it's finished. (laughs) I think it looks fantastic. Oh, I love that idea as well. Isn't that just an awesome way of how to get paid to be you? It's like 
tapping into what you love doing yeah. and then incorporating life coaching into painting. Just beautiful. Love it. Love, love, love. Very cool. Now, obviously so much more to talk about, but I think a lot of the work that you do speaks volumes. So we'll just let it speak to the people who've been listening here yeah. today. Where is the best place for them to find out more about you? I think just, you know, heading over to my website or coming over to my Facebook page or Instagram. Like I'm on those, I'm on those two platforms a lot. I have a allergic to perfect group where it's all about go and take, like, let's go. Commit, take the action. So, yeah. So allergic to perfect, search it out on Facebook and come across to natalietolov.com and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. And it's just been such a blast and such a pleasure. And congrats once again on being the human BS detector that's relatable and also for your book and the work that you do. So I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode with my fellow Natalie. I do feel that we have such similar outlooks on a lot of things. And both of us are all about just taking the action, keeping things simple and making that next best step towards your best business and your best life. So if you enjoyed it, make sure you do head across to natalietolov.com. That's Natalie, T-O-L-H-O-P-F.com. Alternatively, come across to nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast. Look for episode 84 or her name, and you'll find the show notes there where I've linked to her book and also her website and a pretty cool quiz that she has right there on her homepage, which is all around which mindset block is sabotaging your success. If you enjoyed this, please shout out to us on Instagram. Just tag me at Natalie Sisson. Share a screenshot or a photo of where you're listening in. And in the meantime, if you want to earn the income that you deserve and make the impact that you desire, please check out my 10K club. It might just be for you. If you want to earn 10K a month, if you want to figure out your why, your unfair advantage, your mission, and then turn that into the right business model, the right platform, the right audience, the right marketing message, the right offers, build that sales funnel and the team. This is all of what we work on in the 10K Club, as well as what we talked about here today in the episode, actually, your mindset. How do you develop that mindset that allows you to be truly your most beautiful, authentic self, get out of your own way and build the business and life that you deserve? Head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash 10K. That's one zero K. Check out what's included and apply today. I would love for you to be part of the 10K Club and come join us, Queens. 